micro microphone? Microwave. Microphone. microwave. It's not a microwave. It's not a microwave? This will not heat your food. Is that the only thing microwaves do? Because I understand that microwaves are like an important part of like radio telescopes and stuff like that too. Well, if you want to be all smart about it. You <laughs> Just saying you're making a protest on one want. specific identification of a term. If you want to be my intelligent co-host. That's <laughs> what they pay me for. <laughs> Wait, who's paying you? Shh. Hello and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series chapter by chapter and today we are discussing chapter 10 of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called, I Ruin a Perfectly Good Bus. So I wonder what happens here. I am a radical thinker. Also known as Prometheus. Also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host. I'm just a guy in a Hawaiian shirt with a camera. Are you now? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because that's what I wrote my rewrite from the perspective of. That's fascinating. Yeah, you did too. Yeah. Vibes. Vibes. We, we got a rewrite to, from the same character perspective to look forward to for the yep. first time. For the first time. It took I, us 10 I, chapters, but we I, got there. I had a feeling you were going to do it, <laughs> and I didn't want to write two. Because I thought, I thought you were going to do the bus driver. Oh, no, no, no. I did the bus driver on the last bus. This is the second bus we've had in this book in 10 chapters, and I did a bus driver the last time. Uh, well, hopefully we go a different direction with it, because I also read mine from a Hawaiian shirt camera guy's perspective. Yeah, I figured you. He had powerful energy, and I want to talk about that more he in this does. chapter. He does. He's got big camera energy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm Hi. also known as Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi. Welcome to my evening record of the podcast. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we don't do a lot of evening records. There's always a, an interesting energy that comes from those. Yep. We uh, it's gonna be a fun one. We got we got October full moon record vibes. We got full moons. We got some bevies. We're uh, we're good. Yep. Cool. How are you doing, Chris? And it's been a minute since we recorded. It has. We had a weird upload schedule yeah. because I. Uh, because well, it's not because you. Up. It's because. The, the website that we upload through changed its process for uploads, so there yes. was one extra step. Correct. And you didn't notice it. Yeah. Because they didn't, like, send out an email being like, hey, we changed the process for how to do what you do once a week. Yeah. So. That was annoying. But I uh, figured it out. So, yeah. know to do that in the future. There should be no more weird delays or unexpected delays in episodes. Yep. Barring life circumstances. Yeah, just, you know, life. Life's how, a thing. How are, How's your life circumstances, Kristen? <laughs> Pretty good. As we banter. I mean, the last time that we posted was a little delayed because I had been sick and I had a broken toe and all of that stuff. So I haven't been sick since. Good job. Uh, my toe is mostly all recovered. I can at least walk around normally without limping. My cool. um, chiropractor's very happy that I'm not limping anymore. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah. am I. You, well, I mean, you didn't have to, like, fix my spine. Anyway. Yep. You only gave me, like, one shoulder massage the whole five weeks that my foot's been hurt. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Like you said, weird energy on these evening recordings. It, it happens. <laughs> 
So how do Are we, we done bantering? I think okay. we're done bantering. You're the one who's like sitting here asking for more bantering. Well, it, it's it's what the people subscribe for, right? Uh, I don't know. Want. They don't tell us. Um, before we get into... <laughs> None of the people tell us what they subscribe for. So I had a thing that I want to do in this particular chapter because just like this chapter... It introduced some things that I wanted to discuss. Uh-huh. So you, so, don't, so, so you don't want to start with banter. Well, we started with banter. Banter's okay. done. So you don't want to start with our uh, bullet point summary? Uh, I have a preliminary segment to throw in here. This is a new segment. I know. I know. I briefly... <laughs> you got upset with me for changing format on a book change, and you want to do it on just rando chapter 10? This, this is this is probably the only time we're ever going to do this segment, just because I think it's fun. Okay, did you at least remember to pick a favorite sentence? Yes. <laughs> no, you did not! You did not! I, it, that and will... you're throwing new segments at me, and you can't even remember to do the ones we do already! <laughs> this evening, record energy. It's off the charts. There's charts and we're going right off. You have a piece of glitter on your face. That's um, <laughs> it's intentional. It's right below your eye and I'm worried it's going to get into your eye. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Um, anyway, um, this is probably a one-off segment that's never going to come up again, but I just uh, had put some things together and I thought it was worth bringing up um, before, without further ado. Uh, this is a little segment that I would like to call, Stop Me If You've Heard This One Before. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and I just want to list out some facts that we've discovered about Perseus Jackson so far in the books. Uh-huh. And wow, I, he's I, using the full name. And, you act like you, you're some fae with power here. <laughs> and I would like you to stop me if any of this starts sounding, like, a little familiar. Okay. So here's some facts that we know about Percy, some of which come from this chapter. Okay. Uh, sarcastic loner. Uh, troubled uh, many many i know many i i am a sarcastic loner uh-huh troubled youth okay troubled childhood but uh, what if it's me because you're making me you're making me feel very attacked uh magic powers oh well i guess that's that's not a thing anybody knows yet uh absentee dad i mean we're not gonna go into that on the podcast yeah yeah um mom tragically killed um, no, I don't have one of the... Oh, oh, you mean, like, in general? Yeah. Uh, like, other... I'm not talking about you. You're not you. talking about no, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Evening record energy is a lot. Yep. Should I keep going? Um, no, 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 not yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, the whole point is that this book is the hero's journey. Like, yeah. even Steve has told us he used this book to teach hero's journey to his junior high. Yeah, yes. So, like, the hero's journey as a concept is a very formulaic story. Yes. So. Oh, oh no, I'm getting, and those are just the general things. I'm getting into more specific stuff okay, here Okay, get into more specifics. Uh, m- mom tragically killed, uh, gets taken in by a harsh and reluctant mentor figure. Yeah, hero's journey. Um, tough slash smart blonde sidekick. I feel like you are going somewhere very specific, uh, and I haven't gotten there yet. Holder of magic sword with a tragic backstory. Holder of a magic sword with a tragic backstory. 
I mean, are you like Harry Potter? Like, what what are you what are you vibing with here? Because it's got to be something that predates Percy Jackson, um, because Harry Potter was after this. And my and my and my last bullet point here that I learned in this chapter: uh, can't use cell phones. Is this Dresden? <laughs> are you talking about Dresden? Yes, because he has the magic. So because he has Amarakis. Yes. These are, these are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine bullet points that I came up with as similarities between Percy Jackson and Dresden that are so, word for word true. So what you're saying <laughs> is that Dresden is also just a hero's journey story. Possibly. Only told over 16 books instead of in just one. Yeah. It was the, it was the thing about the cell phones in this chapter that I was just like, I can put this together now. Yeah. It's just like... Because he can't use cell phones because otherwise the monsters from Hades are going to yeah. be able to track him. Yeah. Because they have the FBI satellites on their side. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. But, like, then the magic sword thing and, like, he's got yeah. a sassy blonde friend that he kind of has a thing for. Like, it's a whole... Yeah. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if, she, if she's not shorter than him. If she was shorter <laughs> than him by, like, more than a foot, then I yeah. would totally be on board. But... If, if every other chapter Percy talked about how freakishly tall he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would 100% be dressed in. So anyway, that was just a fun thing that I thought about that uh-huh. I wanted to throw out there. Okay, so n- now we have the segment that says, is it Dresden? <laughs> yeah. I had somebody ask this week when we're going to do Dresden, since we reference it all the time. Yeah. When are you going to do Dresden? Like, if we did Dresden, we'd have to do it like 10 chapters at a yeah. time. Like, that's the Otherwise, issue. Otherwise, it's going like, to take us six years to get through Dresden. More than that. Like, it's it just such an enormous amount of effort, which is, like, my issue. Like, I, I think when Dresden is finished, it's supposed to be, like, 23 books or something. Yeah. Which is most of which are over 400 pages. So yeah. it's a lot there of content. Lot. It's a lot of It's a <laughs> lot of book. Yeah. As someone who listened to <laughs> audiobooks for, what... 12 of the 16 books that I've read of Dresden. Yep. It's it's a lot of content. Like, yeah. I didn't even have to face a tome <laughs> at any point in that. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not saying it's off the table. I'm just saying it'd be a, a thing we'd have to com- really talk about. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we also have, what, six more books, five more books yeah, in we're this gonna be, series. Yeah, we're going to be on this for we, another two yeah. years. So, yeah, we got a while. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, we want to talk about this chapter? Let's talk about this chapter. How do we start? Banter. Okay, did that. Then I threw in a surprise segment. Yeah. But rude. then what do we do? Rude. <laughs> um, we do our bullet point summaries. Mm-hmm. So when we do our bullet point summaries, we both make a list of bullet points of the plot points of the chapter. You're correct. I'm talking to the audience. Hello? <laughs> I'm not explaining to you how this, how we do this. Hello? Yes. So would you like to do your summary first or shall I do mine since you went on your I whole... I feel like I went on my rant so you can do yours your first. Please, please talk. Are we introducing the new segment of Chris's new segment every, every episode? Where we you tried just that get for to a minute. have a new Narnia. segment every episode? Tried that for a minute. Didn't work out. Yeah? No? Okay. All right, here is my bullet point summary for chapter 10. Packing. Mortal money, only $100. A gift from Luke. For Grover. Because Sky God, duh, we travel by bus. 
Magic pen sword is balanced. And Anaclusmus? Yes, that is. That is the it. name of the sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, is balanced. Monsters can trace cell phones on the road. Missing person sign. Percy wants his mom back. And here come the fate furries. Furies. 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 <laughs> and here come the fate furies. Two down and oops, no bags. That that's it. That that's all I had. Y- your turn. All right. So here's mine. I had two more things written, but I can't read them. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have satyrs, something, something. Read emotions. Satyrs read emotions. Yeah. I have satyrs read emotions, and Gabe equals smelly protection. Those two, those two were in there right after monsters can trace cell phones question mark. Yeah. But I I could not read what I had written. Cool. Your turn. Uh, hey, look. I didn't just do plot points in a boring manner this I'm time. I'm proud of you. I we, tried we are, really hard. And we are surprisingly on the a lot of the same wavelengths with the summaries as Which well. is why I try so hard <laughs> to do a different summary from you so I, that we don't just have the we, same thing. You had thing. a few in there that I, that I touched on. But uh, here's mine. $100 for a cross-country trip. Yep. Checks out. <laughs> 100%. Yep. We can do that. When was this book published? <laughs> No, 2005. No, like, 2005. $100 did not get you across yeah. the country. Yeah. 2005. That. In 2008, I did a cross-country road trip for a lot more than that in gas alone. Yeah. I, I don't think $100 will get you across country anytime after, like, 1930. That's about a... <laughs> From New York to Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. is the goal here. Yeah. $100 mortal? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. We'll get into that. Like, um, food alone. Okay we're, okay, we're not discussing the chapter yet. We're doing bullet points. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just... It's absurd. Yes. Uh, gods give cool birthday presents. That's a vibe. Is Luke a saboteur? Look! A balanced sword. Finally. Percy controls the fate of the entirety of Western civilization. I mean, it's not, it's not like a big deal. <laughs> Grover is a great therapist. Miss Dodds, part two. Redux. They get the hard part over with first. Grover is not a great warrior. Do they get the hard part over? We're, we're going to come back to that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll, we'll address that one. Uh, a bus was definitely the safest choice. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so that's my summary there. Um, my bullet points. So let's talk about hacky sacking with an apple. <laughs> Can I continue now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we open up into this chapter with them packing for a trip. Uh, last chapter, Percy was off at a quest. Wow, crazy. Yep. I know it's crazy. It's almost like it was the title of the chapter. Yeah. And in this one, uh, well, they haven't ruined a perfectly good bus yet, but they're getting there. Uh, but they're packing for a trip. I mean. Is it really Percy? Is it really, or is it, is it the person in charge of the lightning? Zeus. What? The, the, 
The bus gets struck by lightning. Yes. And Percy takes full credit for ruining the bus in the chapter. Oh yeah, he's very apologetic. And this is not, a no, this is a character. He didn't do that. Yeah. He didn't lightning the bus. Yeah, but he takes it upon himself, and this is like why I identify with Percy a lot. But anyway, um, we'll anyway. get we'll get there. Uh, so we're packing for the trip, and we discover how woefully underprepared uh, Camp Half Blood is for sending children on quests. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, and hey. like, hey, we're just gonna send you off on this quest. Here, take a canteen of nectar and a Ziploc bag full of ambrosia squares. Like, here's a Ziploc bag. Here's a hundred dollars. Here, take this canteen of na- nectar. And this Ziploc bag of ambrosia, <laughs> only to be used in emergencies. Yep. And and yeah, here we've got a hundred bucks and some some currency of the gods yep. that you can't spend in the mortal world. If you if you need that for godly transactions, here's some, here's some coins to get across the river Styx. Yep. Seriously, <laughs> they don't even make it like. They make it to New Jersey before they're in trouble. Yep. They haven't even gotten out of the Northeast. Yep. On their way to Los Angeles before they're in trouble. And they don't even have the bags. They probably don't even have the ambrosia with them anymore, much less the Ziploc baggie. Yep. All this stuff they get, they lose immediately. So this yes. is really a moot point. However, uh... Yeah, the I mean, even if they're getting a hundred bucks each, it's just like three hundred dollars for these three for three people kids. to make it from New York to Los Angeles. No, <laughs> like publishing date aside, <laughs> that didn't work. Uh huh. So it's it's really it's it's more insulting than anything. I I mean, in two thousand five, no, you couldn't make it on a bus across country for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. No, no, not if you wanted to eat. Yeah, I mean, they're theoretically they're paying for the bus fare because it doesn't say like they have to go buy bus tickets. They just get on a bus. So like the camp is paying for them to get on the bus. You can hope that, but that's not stated outright anywhere. Yeah, but even then, lodging and food and all that, like, there's no way you could ever do that for a hundred dollars. Yeah, no, 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 no. (laughs) So. It's a I'm thing. A, I'm you're, you're, you're upset by the by the treatment of these fictional children. Uh-huh. I am because the whole point <laughs> is that he's being sent on a quest to get and like, hey, you're literally being sent to hell. Yeah. To go rescue something you think might be there. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna give you a hundred dollars. Yep. It's like, okay, so you're going to go across the country. We're going to give you less than the money you need in 2005 to buy a week's worth of shirts. Just t-shirts. Not even clothes. Yeah. Anyway, we should we should move on. We have a lot of stuff to talk about in this oh, chapter. Oh, golly gee, we do. But, um. like, <laughs> you and I both wrote down mortal money at only $100 in, like, our first two bullet points. So... As, as people who have done the cross-country road trip multiple times. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I've done California to Florida and back two separate times round trip. Yeah. So I have done California to Florida w- twice 
And Florida to California twice. Yeah. You've done California to Florida once and back. Yeah. Like, I've done Florida to South Carolina and back. Like, I've done California to Washington State and back two separate times. Mm-hmm. Almost 20 years apart. <laughs> You're familiar with a road trip. I'm familiar with the concept of a road trip. <laughs> now, have I done any of that via bus? No. Do I know what a bus ticket costs nowadays? I know it's... I also know that this is... We need to move on. 17-year-old We need to move on. 17-year-old Anyway. We need to move on. I'm still very upset about the... Very upset about the money situation here. Uh, Annabeth is, of course, also bringing her magic baseball cap. Yes. She got from her mom. And Percy's upset that he doesn't have it. She got it from her mom. And that's an interesting thing because we have only talked about the godparents... And not like godparents, but like the parents who are deity, god, Greek gods. Yeah. In a concept of them being absentee. Yeah. Them being people that instill anger and frustration. Yeah. Like Luke. And this whole concept of Percy being frustrated about maybe his dad only claiming him because he needed him. Yeah. And so we have this very distinctive difference with the fact that Annabeth got this as a gift from her mother, from her god parent, from her parent who is a god. And that that's that is absolutely like in the face of everything that we've talked about with the deities as they relate to their children thus far. Uh-huh. So, I just thought that that was I mean, I'm glad you brought it up because it was very it stood out to me. Yeah. As something where it was like, "Oh, like Annabeth is special?" question mark. But like, not really, because immediately Luke presents his gift. Uh-huh. Um, well, uh, Grover packs a bag full of apples and tin cans. Great. Um, he's prepared for this road trip entirely. Then, as they're heading out... No, no, Luke, Luke brought a gift. He didn't say that he got it from anybody. Though, yeah, he did. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're they're getting ready to head out. Um, I'm making sure we didn't pass up any, anything important there. We briefly introduced to Argus, who is the guy that Percy met when he was unconscious with all the eyes. Surfer dude. He's got, like, eyes all over his body. Perfectly, mildly. perfectly inconspicuous guy. When, to, when mm. Percy was mildly conscious. Yeah. He's got his eye on you. He does. Mm-hmm. Several of them, in fact. Uh, then Luke comes out of the woodwork uh, carrying a pair of basketball shoes, and he's just like, hey, think you might need these for your trip. Yeah, he's got he's got these sneakers. He teaches him the magic word. Yeah, uh, and Luke does say, uh, these served me well when I was on my quest, a gift from Dad, of course. So, yes, that was a gift from the of course. The of course is leading in the next sentence. Gift from Dad is its own sentence. Of course, I didn't use them much. I don't use them much these days. Yeah. And he got sad. Yeah, because so, he really doesn't go on any quests anymore. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's a gift from Dad, of course. It's gift from Dad. Of course I don't use them much. Oh, that is. There is a period there. Yeah, there is. Um, question, though, and one of my bullet points, is Lucas Abitur. Like, oh. does Luke mean well, or does he know? Does he know that Zeus is the god of the air and that Percy can't use flying shoes yeah. at, without dying? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, he does, because I think <laughs> Luke is the big bad. Like, Luke is 100% the one who's betraying him. This was this was like an immediate like choice oh, to sabotage Percy. Yes, I I yes. <laughs> okay, 
I, I know that this is going to make Steve's day uh-huh. as I as I baselessly speculate. Uh-huh. But Ermagerd Nur, I don't like Luke. Luke is the bad guy. Luke is on team bad guy. Luke <laughs> is the betrayer. I don't like him. Okay, Thomas, we don't like you. Luke is bad. Yeah. Period. I mean, in like two paragraphs later, Grover is just like, oh, hey, by the way, he means well, but like there's no way you can use these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Grover or Chiron. But, but, but we get that statement before we, whether it's Gro, whether it's Grover or or whether it's Chiron. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We get that statement before we know that Grover can read emotions. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated yeah. because I feel like I want to be done with the book already and know whether or not <laughs> Luke is the bad guy. Like I'm so frustrated. So you actually want to know what's happening in this book? Like yes, I do. I do. It. Are you serious? I've read I've read chapters ahead like three podcasts now. <laughs> Not fully. I've stopped within two pages at the start of a chapter. Uh huh. But I really do feel like Luke is going to be some agent of chaos, knowingly or unknowingly, ignorantly or knowingly. Luke is going to be. The bad guy. Oh, for sure. Fully agree. Okay. We, we, you don't have to convince me of this. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like I have to convince you of this because I feel like I'm talking to Steve here. No. Uh, also, by the way, Chiron is the one who says, no, Luke means well. So it's not Grover. Okay. So I still to... think, I also still would not be surprised in the slightest if Chiron ends up being the bad guy. You think? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be even a little bit surprised if Chiron I'd is. I'd so sad because Chiron sounds like a be great sad. I know you'd be sad. I wouldn't be even a little bit surprised. And this is why you and I have such a different experience mm. watching shows for the first time. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, so, anyway, given that Percy can't use them, he gives the magic shoes to Grover. Yeah. Uh, who immediately fails. Yeah. Uh, takes well, practice, though. Yeah, it, uh, if you could suddenly fly. From your feet, which is an awkward like I center know, of gravity right? issue. Yeah. Like, it's not like a jet pack. It's just like, hey, the, the center of gravity is really off. Yeah, so you have to learn. Yeah, the center of gravity is so off. Yeah. But yes, like, <clears throat> suddenly... I feel like can... flying gloves would make a lot more sense. You could, like, yeah. I mean, you'd like basically be climbing on air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all need to see Chris's mime in this, <laughs> and it's, it is... In this audio, man. Superior. <laughs> superior miming. And I'm really... Really sad that none of my audience gets to enjoy what I just saw. <laughs> um, Chiron's really regretful. He's just like, oh, yeah, Hercules, Jason, all these other heroes that well, I've had the pleasure of training. They all, like, got a lot more here. Kind of screwed kid, but Yeah, but, but, but Percy <laughs> figures it out before Chiron says anything. Mm-hmm. Percy just looks at the shoes, looks at Chiron, is like, yeah, I can't use these, can I? Yeah. And Chiron's like, mm, yeah, no, you can't. <laughs> be bad news yeah if he went into the air for any reason but he does finally get his magic item he does he gets the magic sword uh which Karen almost completely forgets Oops. and because Karen's just like literally what am i thinking oh wait by the way i've had this thing that i've been hanging on to for years that like poseidon gave me that i had a prophecy about but like oh oh crap it's you right hey hey this guy Oops. You know, I've already kind of given you this once before, and I threw it to you, but I forgot about this thing entirely. The whole museum incident, whatever. Yep. Um, but here you go. Here's a pen. 
here's a pen. Here's how you use it. Because as we've pointed out before, the pen is mightier than the sword. Yes. Oh, wait, it is a sword. Yeah. I was almost going to put that down as a bullet point, but then I was like, no, I reuse, I used that already in like chapter three whenever yeah. uh, that happened. Um, cool. So he's got a, a cool sword with a cool backstory uh, and a cool name. And it's got a name. It's called Riptide. Yeah. Yeah. Riptide. Awesome. Roll <laughs> so tort. Sorry. What? We're not in the South anymore. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so it's called a Riptide. Yep. And oh, hey, but look, he finally gets a balanced sword. Yes. Uh, also, only for emergencies, and don't you dare try to harm a mortal with it, because it won't work anyway. It really just won't work. Because mortals are beneath the sword. Yes, it's like a Asparachius. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to Amarachus. Yeah. So you had it right. Uh, I believe Philachius is the one that is... Philachius? Uh, no, Asparachius. Whatever. <laughs> That's not, it's not important for the scope of this podcast. Just like Butter's lightsaber. Yeah, yeah that one. As Which long as we're talking about Dresden is. during this uh, this chapter here. I mean, we can just keep talking about Dresden. Maybe we'll get Gary to listen to an episode. <laughs> um. Anyway. Conveniently hides itself as a pen. You also can't lose it. Yeah. You throw it away automatically returns really to cool. you. That's so cool. And, and Percy says that. He says, okay, that's extremely cool. Quote from the book. So... <laughs> I mean, he You're even the- tests it. Where where he's told just chuck it over there. Yeah. He throws it and then he checks his pocket and it's in his pocket. That is the coolest magic item I've ever heard of. I don't care if it's a sword or a pen. That's so cool. Also, wanted to point out possible little little reference here, I don't know. But uh reading this, uh he pulls out the pen says, Percy, that's a gift from your father. I've kept it for years, not knowing you or who I was waiting for. Um, and after reading that a few times, I was just like, this is a little bit reminiscent of like the scene in New Hope where Luke first gets the lightsaber from Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, this was your father's. I've been holding on to it for a long time. Hey, it's this little tiny thing that if you press a button, it turns into a big sword. Yeah. It's, it's kind of... Kind of, kind of similar. You mean that they're both heroes' journey stories? Well, not every hero's journey has a magically transforming sword that was somebody's father's that gets passed down. To okay, them. but yes, one hundred percent, they are both heroes' journey, and they're both doing the same thing with the same tools. Yeah. So that was just also reminiscent of a uh, of a New Hope. So mm-hmm. I was just pointing that yes, out, which came out before this. Therefore, <laughs> this is derivative. So. Yeah. I mean, many things are derivative of Star Wars, which in and of itself was very derivative of a bunch of old Japanese samurai films. So Yes, and also the concept of Hero's Journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, he can't lose it either. Really cool magic item. Uh, so now he has Riptide. Uh, they've all got their magic items, and they're baggy full of magic squares yep. and 100 bucks yep. they're ready to set off to go to hell. <laughs> and, and their canteen. Yep, don't forget the canteen. Um, which we can forget because everything gets destroyed at the end of this chapter. Yeah, the question so. <laughs> the question is whether or not they lost stuff like the Ambrosia or that stuff was on them. Yeah. Because it's not specified yeah. what they actually did lose beyond changes of clothes. Yes. Like. Uh, and then Percy and Chiron have a very introspective discussion about 
um, just how much weight is placed on Percy's shoulders here because he was just like, so by the way, um, no reason I'm asking this, but like before the gods, what was that time like, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And Cameron's just like, oh yeah, it was pretty, pretty, it was pretty bad. Uh, Kronos thought it was great, but all the mortals thought it was really terrible uh, until Prometheus came and gave him fire. And even that was considered a bad move at the time. Uh, those darn progressive liberals uh, just, <laughs> just giving handouts out to the common people. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Zeus wasn't into that at all. Nobody needs fire. <laughs> Nobody needs the ability to cook food. Yep. Uh, but eventually the gods but warmed up. But read the Iliad. Yep. More homework. Um, but uh, Percy's just like, oh, but the gods can't die. And, like, really the point he's getting at is, uh, so what are the stakes that are in this journey? Mm-hmm. Like, if I really screw up, what's the worst that could happen? And Chiron's just like, it could be really bad. Yeah, it could be really bad. Uh, this is the end of Western civilization, so. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> no pressure. Bet you wish you were a dolphin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but so, before uh, all of that, we also have this brief discussion and explanation of the mist. I mean, we finally explained the mist. Yes. So this concept that's been introduced previously in the book for the way that mar- mortals perceive any of this divine content. Yes. Like that the mist is this thing that exists. And so my reference to the Iliad there is a reference in the book that's made to the Iliad being like, hey, have you read it? Do you know what the mist is? Because we've used it and Percy's been kind of immune to it because he's not mortal yeah and so we have an explanation there in exposition being like hey here's here's what the mist is and here's how it works um and then we go into what you were just saying yes um which was yeah the weight of the world's on percy's shoulders uh really really a lot to ask for a 12 year old was like i mean I'm trying to think of, of other examples of just like, hey, this is YA fiction where like, what the are the main character isn't the crux of whether or not the world continues or not? Well, no, like the it's a lot of stakes. Like I was thinking of things like Harry Potter, which in like Sorcerer's Stone, like the stakes that are that are placed on Harry are still very much personal. Yeah, it's just like, hey, Voldemort's kind of after you, and like, there's no bigger plot here that gets involved later. Um, or in things like Narnia, where in any given Narnia story, I think up until, even up until, uh, the last one, up until the last battle, like, none of the main characters have that much put on them. It's just like, oh, hey, you're supposed to save this special, this specific person, or like, I guess, I, I mean, guess the like, Pevensies. I talk about that, the Pevensies are very much like, hey, there's the this White prophecy Witch. about you yeah. defeating the White Witch. So in book one... It's very much like you're here to save this whole world. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's it's very much like, you know, never ending story, pick a name for the queen. Um, but like it's it's also the rest of the series, I agree with you, in Narnia context, like is very individual battles, n- non consequential. Yeah. And here, yes, one hundred percent we are we are a third of the way through this book and we've got like oh yeah 100 percent the weight of the whole western civilization yeah is on you percy yep also mr d wanted to turn you into a dolphin yeah anyway yeah 
Um, so yeah, with that send off. Cool. Yeah, he's got the magic item. We now know that all three of the participants of this quest have their own magic items. We have the invisibility cap that Annabeth has, the flying shoes that have now been given to Grover, yeah. and the magic sword that has now been given to Percy. Yes. So all three of them have a magic item each. Yes. Cool. And we continue on. Do monsters can trace cell phones? <laughs> Satyrs can read emotions. And Gabe equals smelly protection. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we passed up the cell phone comment at some point, like, uh... I put it in my list after the sword name. Yeah, it says, uh, there's, it's a, paren- it's a parenthetical statement saying, Chiron said cell phones were traceable by monsters. If we used one, it would be worse than sending up a flare, uh, because they don't even get sent off with a cell phone. Cool. Yeah. That's a thing. Uh, but then they head out. There's a little fight between Annabeth and Percy, of course. There's all the tension there. Uh, and if if the Romeo and Juliet analogies well, weren't strong enough already... Um, it's not about Romeo and Juliet. We have Annabeth finally explain that her mom doesn't like his dad, and that's why she might have a problem. Yes, the line literally is, look, we're just not supposed to get along, okay? Our parents are rivals. <laughs> okay, like, this is... The Capulets and the Montagues <laughs> yes. don't have to dislike each other. Uh-huh. Just for it to be Romeo and Juliet, but uh-huh. like, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be a romantic thing between Percy and Annabeth. I don't. Not I in think this book. No, no, I don't think there ever is. Either? I think it's going to be like a Harry and Hermione thing in Harry Potter. Like, okay. I think that I think that there might be a Grover and Annabeth thing. There isn't going to be a. There is not going to be a Percy and Annabeth thing in this series. I hope not. And if there is, I'm going to be angry about it. And, and Steve, you can laugh yourself silly, but, like, I don't want it. I might have already read the next chapter. Um, there is nothing. You're telling us this <laughs> over 30 minutes into the episode. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was into it. I read the next chapter already. Um, nothing is. I, I How dare you, sir? Mm-hmm. And again, nothing is direct or obvious or like there there are no like plot spoilers for the whole book in the next chapter. I'm going to say that right now. However, there are hints there that give weight to my uh, to my theory. Uh-huh. As well, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. We'll discuss that next week. Like Percy sitting there looking at the the fish people. Yeah. The water ladies, what are their names? Nymphs. Nymphs. Yeah. Naiads. Uh-huh. Naiads. Nymphs and naiads are different. Anyway, so Percy and Annabeth have this discussion of this, like, yeah, your dad offended my mom, and et cetera, et cetera. And also, like, you know, there's this competition where one of them was trying to be the god of Athens, and your dad gave a stupid gift. And, and Athens is <laughs> called Athens because it's named after Athena. Athena. Yep. She doesn't even go far enough to explain the name of Athens I mean, it's coming kinda, from Athena. It's, it's kind of obvious. I know it's obvious. But also, the whole point of this is to, like, teach this greek mythology to children yeah who don't know this i guess so read the iliad duh <laughs> uh but then we get to something that i actually think is weighty enough to spend time discussing where you brought it up um that they get to a greyhound station that's in a neighborhood not far away from where percy was living yes and sees a missing person this poster with his face on it which he immediately he immediately grabs and tears down before 
Annabeth or Grover can see it. Yes. Uh, and this is all, this is kind of reminiscent of when somebody left the paper on the doorstep of the Poseidon cabin. That was about yes, his disappearance the, and everything. Yeah, it was about, it was the newspaper clipping that was like, ha, have you seen these people? This woman has gone missing and there's suspicions that her son might have been involved in her disappearance. So to me, this was a very visceral, and I liked this because this is like a very visceral image of Percy struggling with his identity. Mm-hmm. Tell Thoughts? me more. Tell me more about that because I'm, I'm not your therapist, but I would really <laughs> like to know more about your personal thoughts on this. I thought this was good if it's intentional and like I don't want to like uh, smear Rick Riordan and say like, oh no, he did this accidentally because he's a hack writer. We haven't gotten Which far enough into that. Which is how you feel about every, every time. <laughs> every time I'm excited about how an author no, did something, no, no. I'm like, oh yeah, it was on accident. No. But, um, but I think if this was intentional, it was, uh, it's really good. And it's like, it's, yes, he's trying to, you know, he's ashamed of this and is trying to hide it from the people he's on a quest with. But at the same time, like, is this him struggling with who he used to be and his, his struggling with his new identity, I guess. Because the first time this happens is the first time that he moves into the Poseidon cabin mm-hmm. and he knows who he is. Yeah. And he gets this paper reminding him of his past. Uh, and then he gets to his old neighborhood and sees this poster again reminding him of his past that he immediately wants to destroy. Yeah. So, like... He is, is this him embracing this new identity that he's found? I mean, as that's possible. We also then continue into this idea of the explanation given to Percy, finally and for the first time, uh-huh. as to why his mother stayed with Gabe. Yes. Which is really, I, I, is interesting. And it's kind of cool. It is kind of like, cool. And I it's, like this conversation between Grover and him about I it. I absolutely love it. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I hate it, but I love it because we have this idea that Percy's mother was trying so hard to protect Percy. Mm -hmm. She knew that she needed to protect him. She knew that she needed to keep him protected. And she did that in a way that literally hurt her. Yeah. Very self-sacrificial. Every way, physically, mentally, emotionally, she was submitting herself to abuse in order to protect Percy. Uh-huh. And I think that that... It, it, very heavy, and I feel like we need to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, because it's... It is so... It's very heavy for me uh-huh. to have Percy's mom, A, be dead before he finds out any of this. Uh-huh. And B, like, he finds out that everything that he hates about Gabe is what protected him from monsters and kept him alive to this point where we've already established from the perspective of Grover that Percy has outlived the majority of children who are children of the big three. Yeah. Like... At the ripe old age of 12. Uh, yeah, and he's 12 <laughs> years old, and he's already outlived them, and that's because his mother had the tools that she needed to protect him, yeah. including staying married to Gabe. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing that his mother gave up so much in order to protect him. I, oh, I have such feelings. I have such big feelings about that. Anyway, I'm going to need you to move on because 
we're already 15 minutes into the record yeah and we got a lot to go yep. this is i knew this is gonna be a long one it's like there's this is a dense chapter there's a lot to talk about like this is a this is a heavy one um so yeah we could do a whole episode just on that and like self-sacrificial love and all that kind of stuff and the idea of like you know gabe's redeeming quality being that he's so aggressively human <laughs> yeah that he can <laughs> Yeah, he can mask a demigod. But then we also have the concept of him being so aggressively human, mm-hmm. like that that is somehow protective in its nature to hide him from gods. Like, and what's the metaphysical commentary? And like, is this is this Riordan saying like this is the nature of humanity? Like humanity in its purest form is this like disgusting mess that like is. Yes. That is Gabe. And that's what, uh, yeah, that's what the author is saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting because we've already talked about the racism inherent in the descriptions of Gabe uh-huh. and him being called Ugliano and all of these things that, like, are very racist against Italian people. I mean, Percy's Greek, so. And we have this idea of the Greek <laughs> gods versus the Roman pantheon and the Greek pantheon. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, the plot thickens yep. here in this very, like, in-depth conversation about the racism it presented in this book. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's, it's a little abusively heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, and I, I don't know, I don't know, I... I have big feelings. I've already said that. Yeah. About how this is handled. Yeah. But Percy's mother stayed married to Gabe in order for Gabe's humanity to hide Percy. Uh-huh. This, this and whole... that's why he got attacked at school as opposed to at home. Yeah. Uh, also, this whole passage kind of reminded me of like that scene in the first Matrix where like agent smith is ranting about the stench of humanity oh yeah oh yeah like you you were freaking virus like yeah and his his complete loathing of of the human condition yep so that's a thing too Mm -hmm. um cool again hero's journey yeah archetypes is there only one story (laughs) no there is not there is not however there's only about seven (laughs) And this, this is, is the most commonly told. This is one of them. Um, cool. Anyway, they continue on. Uh, Percy has a little bit of an inner monologue being like, oh, yeah, I really don't care about this quest. Uh, I am I am doing this to get my mom back. Yeah, and we finally it. have the reveal of yeah. Percy's actual intentions, yeah. which has not actually been explicitly stated up to this point. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, Percy Percy's wanting to do this to get his mom back, period. Yeah, and then we have the echo of the prophecy saying, uh, "You will fail to save what matters most in the end." Yeah, foreshadowing. He's not going to get his mom back. Yeah, like, we, we we know that for sure. That's a that's a given. Um, cool. So then they got on a bus. Yep, and then three old ladies get on the bus. They're not the fates. Don't worry. It's just three old ladies. Yep. And then they're the furies, and yep. they attack. They come back. Percy slips into the baseball cap in order to hide from them because Annabeth gives it to him as soon as they realize that's Mrs. Dodds because Grover and Percy have both seen her before. Yeah. Well, I wanted to point out one of my bullet points, which was they get the hard part over with first. 
because uh, Annabeth says as soon as they come on the bus and recognize them for what they are, she's just like, the Furies, the three worst monsters from the underworld. Yep, we're getting the worst part over. Yeah, like the, immediately they get the three worst monsters of the underworld after them. Smooth sailing from here on out, right? Oh yeah, for 100%. Like, they've done the hardest monsters first. What's left? Sounds good. Cool. Annabeth um, is so overconfident here in my perspective. Like, I 100% think that Annabeth is is overconfident here. That this is her hoping that mm-hmm. this is the worst of what they're going to have to face. And it's it's not going to be. That's entirely possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. Cool. Uh, but like you said, yes, they... Uh, they devise a plan. Percy's going to put on the cap and try to go forward and escape the bus as they go to the back. Um, they obviously can't count on the mortals for help. Who knows what they're seeing here? Yeah, because yeah. of the mist, which yeah. we have already established is a weird concept, construct that we we can't really, as mortals, grasp. Uh huh. Um, I mean, while we're like getting into Dresden, I feel like I mean this is a concept that's been explored a little bit in the Dresden Files of like not it's a it's a much more like ephemeral thing, where like there's not like can you say that word again ephemeral? What's that mean? Um, intangible, like hard to grasp. Ephemeral. Ethereal or ephemeral? ephemeral? ephemeral. Which which one of those? Ephemeral. You, wanna, you mean ethereal or ephemeral? The second one. Ephemeral. Did I add an extra syllable in there? You changed the word. Okay. Well, it's, it's, yeah. It's one of those <laughs> where I feel like that concept is explored there a bit where, like, mortals don't really see reality as it truly is. And, like, they, they go see it how they want to see it. Yeah. And that's part of what the mist conveys here is that mortals are seeing both what the gods want them to see, but also what they want to see and what they're willing to accept. Yeah. And the main thing is that mortals are only to ex- able to accept so much. Yeah. Before, you know. Uh, Their vacation gets ruined. So that's the thing. Percy successfully gets by them, uh, is able to get to the front of the bus, but then the old ladies start harassing Annabeth and Grover, who are still there, asking after him, and then Percy makes a really rash decision. Great idea. No, he doesn't pull the sword out first. He uh, grabs the wheel of the bus, yanks the bus wheel to the side, crashes crashes the bus bus with all of them still aboard. Great plan. Um, so maybe the bus would have been safe. Like, I mean, this is this is this is the chapter title where you're just like, oh yeah, the lightning ruined the bus. He yanks the wheel out of the driver's hands first. Fair. So he crashes the bus before Fair. any of this happens. Fair. Um. Uh, everybody gets thrown around. Cool. He successfully created a distraction. Bus careens out of the tunnel, ends up on like on its side, up against some trees out in New Jersey. Hey, look, we've left New York. Awesome. Um, Kristen, do you have any insights into this? You've been to New Jersey. I have. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have been from JFK to airport to New Jersey. Did you go through the Lincoln Tunnel? I don't know. I was not <laughs> okay. driving and I was not on a bus. Okay. I was picked up at the airport by an individual in a tiny hatchback that then accidentally missed their exit and drove me around the entire island of New York. Yeah, that's a nice tour. Yep. Oops. <laughs> and then went to New Jersey and stayed there for a week and then went back. Yeah. I have no idea how I got to New Jersey. I don't know what bridges <laughs> I crossed. I don't know what. I have no idea. 
I know that I accidentally ended up at a bus terminal and then had to continue taking the uh, airport tram around the rest of the terminal to get to a different place. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. I could look it up to see how we drove there. All right. Uh... But I 100% understand the vibe of not wanting to be on a bus anymore between New York and New Jersey. <laughs> So anyway, they come out of the tunnel, the bus crashes. Uh, the Furies are still assaulting Annabeth and Grover, and Percy's just like, nope, not going to stand for this, whips the cap off, he's now visible, and decides to confront them, taunts them, he's drawn aggro now. Yep. He's got them all on him. Uh, there's a fight that we don't have to go through. He kills two of the Furies yep. and the last one. Successfully is- reels Riptide for, I guess, the, the second time? Yep, second time. Uh, and But does not kill Mrs. Dodds again. Yeah. Why not? Also, we have the discussion prior to all of this about, um, he was like, wait, I thought the Fury could have been banished for a lifetime. And about, it's like, if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. You're not. You're <laughs> obviously not. Uh, so, I think, what, what's the timeline here? It's been like, uh, between right now and when he first killed Mrs. Dodds, it's been like less than two weeks has it been two weeks? I, I don't know. I feel like it's been longer than because that. Because he was at the camp for like a week tops. Yes, but when Mrs. Dodds attacked him, it was after Christmas. It was in a <sighs> spring semester. Uh-huh. So it was after Christmas, but before like spring break. Yeah. Was it? Or was it between spring break and the end of the year? I think the second one. Okay. Well, so. then, yeah. So we have like a <laughs> 10 week period of time. Yeah. Maximum. So, so he should be able to get to Los Angeles before the uh, before she comes back again, well, <laughs> if she's on that home, kind of time. Frame. But he hasn't he hasn't cut her down a second time. Um, yeah, there's a standoff. He cuts down two of the Furies, not Mrs. Dodds, because uh, you know she plot armor. Yeah, she has plot armor. She's going to come back for sure. Gets back into the bus, uh, and then uh, before they know it, bus gets hit by lightning. They're well, out of it. I mean, everybody gets pulled off of the bus. So who yes. is it who calls the emergency stop for the bus? Um, is it Percy or is it... So Percy hits the e-brake. Yeah. Despite the fact that the bus has already crashed and is just careening down, Percy hits the e-brake. Does that mean that he reaches, like, over the driver and pulls the emergency brake? Or does he pull the, I'm a passenger and I want to stop now brake? No, the e-brake. He's, he's at the driver. He's against yeah, yeah, the yeah. wheel. You see, he grabbed the wheel. Yeah. But like, is the e brake next to the driver? Did Percy? I would think did so. the e? Did the drive? Is this driver trained? <laughs> He's invisible. It doesn't matter whether Percy's invisible or not. Does the driver know what to do when he crashes? Apparently not. Anyway, Percy calls the e brake. They stop, and the driver gets everybody off the bus. Yeah. Except for maybe invisible, not invisible, Percy. And the, the, the last of the Furies, Mrs. Dodds. Yeah, that part's questionable. And then lightning hits the bus. Yep. Uh, the, the important part is in this scene, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover are all off the bus. Mrs. Dodds is on it for some reason. She is in the bus when lightning hits it. Uh-huh. So Zeus is helping them. Yeah. Like, that's the real question here. Yeah. Is, is Zeus helping them, or was Zeus targeting Percy? He's a little late on the draw if that's uh if he's targeting Percy. He's just like I Yeah. Don't know. I mean he's not So So is Zeus helping? Uh 
we don't know but mrs dogs is still alive at the end of it she calls for reinforcements and they're just like no let's let's run off and they go off into the woods yep without their bags and it's very specifically mentioned that they left their bags on the on the bus correct so unless and also that they got their picture taken yep by the guy in the hawaiian shirt powerful energy um so unless they specifically had the canteens of ambrosia or and nectar on them and like the little ziploc baggies full of the god squares like unless they had that on their person for some reason yeah they've lost all that crap immediately so i like to better as a math teacher yeah so all that's gone uh i believe we wore out that chapter we really sh- i don't think we missed anything there you sure yeah pretty sure we plunged into the woods as the rain poured down, the bus in flames behind us, and nothing but bar- darkness ahead of us. That is the final sentence in the chapter, and it really, it, it's got a vibe, nothing but darkness ahead of us, in New Jersey on their way to California yep. to go to hell. Yeah. To, to literally go to Hades. Yeah, and they just lost all their crap. Yep. That's fun. Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess if there's anything I wanted to point out, it was like how ridiculously ineffective Grover was during all of that. Because I mean, like, even Andabeth does something. He's so ineffective at everything, but he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be the one in the chess match, like like Weasley, and just be like, I know how to play chess, and he's gonna make it. He's gonna be be a part of resolving all of the conflict in this book. Like he's going to be. That's why I put down Grover is not a great warrior because he spends that entire battle throwing ten cans at the uh, hey, worst he, monsters of hell. He's not ineffective. <laughs> I mean, he's ineffective. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not somebody who's standing around doing nothing though. True. He is trying. Yeah. Cool. Unlike Annabeth, who did nothing. She jumped on the back of Mrs. Dodds. Okay, whatever. She was. She was wrangling Mrs. Dodds. Uh, anyway, so that's the chapter. She didn't do anything. What do we do? What do we do next? The next thing we do is talk about our favorite sentences. Okay, I have mine. Yeah. Who's reading it first? Well, you did your whole segment. I did my summary first. You yeah. do your sentence first. All right. Uh, this is my favorite sentence that you reminded me was my favorite sentence. I did have one. I just forgot what it was. In his pocket was a set of reed pipes his daddy goat had carved for him, even though he only knew two songs, Mozart's Piano Concerto Number no. 12 and Hilary Duff's So Yesterday, both of which sounded pretty bad on reed pipes. <laughs> and that is one of my favorite sentences in any book I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. I just love everything about that. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who played a tin whistle, can you tell us more about your... Stop. Stop. Your read pipe opinions? (laughs) Well, here's my favorite sentence. Mm -hmm. We got restless, waiting for the bus, and decided to play some hacky sack with one of Grover's apples. As you do. As someone who has played hacky sack on many an occasion, waiting in airports, waiting at bus stops, and just generally waiting for transport. I love that because it is very visceral for me. Now, the concept of playing hacky sack with an apple, ow. Yeah, like hitting ow, that off of one of your joints, like an put, elbow. Hitting that off of your ankle? <laughs> yeah. Your ankle. Yeah. The inside of your ankle bone 
while wearing non-high-top shoes. Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, they got some bruises from that. However, Mm -hmm. the fact that there's a hacky sack mentioned in this book... It's been 10 years since the last time I touched a hacky sack. Kids these days don't know about a hacky sack. And it's, and I love a hacky sack. <laughs> Gen Zers don't know what hacky sacks are all about. <laughs> it's going to come back around. It's going to come back around. I had I had a high school phase and then a separate college phase of hacky sacking. <laughs> it's going to come back. It will come back. <laughs> You're ready. I'm so ready. Do you have one laying around that you know where it is? Uh, not that I know where it is, but I do own two of them. <laughs> one that's like the world and one that's like Rasta themed. Anyway, I do own two of them. Cool. They're probably in the shed. Okay. Anyway, would you like to move on to our last segment? Yes. What is our last segment? Our last segment is a rewrite where we pick a random character out of the chapter. Random. Completely random. Well. We don't necessarily pick any any like we don't have a rhyme or reason for picking characters. I guess is the question. We pick Except a character that we like. Personal choice out of the chapter and retell the chapter from that character's perspective. And as we all already know, you and I chose the same character. We did because and I I, I wanted to, since we chose the same character, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I chose him because and it really comes down to uh, this passage on the very last page of this chapter. He's gonna, only mentioned in one passage. He, yes, yes. But this 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 is a story. Um We rushed outside and found the other passengers wandering around in a daze, arguing with the driver, or running around in circles yelling, We're going to die. A Hawaiian shirted tourist with a camera snapped my photograph before I could recap my sword. So like everybody on the entire bus is panicking except Hawaiian shirt man, who's just like, This is a photo opportunity. Like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and do my rewrite first. Cool. Um, I we all know that we both did it from the same perspective, so let's go ahead and do this. Okay. Here's mine. I've been waiting to get out of the city for a very long time. It's been at least three years since my last vacation, and this is coming at. <laughs> I can't handle your reactions to this. Can we sit quiet right now? (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting to get out of the city for a very long time. It's been at least three years since my last vacation, and this is coming at the perfect time. Finally. I don't know why we chose to take the bus, but at least I'm not driving. We're all packed up. I've got my favorite Hawaiian shirt on and and we're and here we go this trip didn't take long to get interesting very interesting the crash was just the start how this idiot bus driver managed to crash into the tunnel wall is beyond me but here we are standing outside the bus in the rain I grabbed my cameras to take pictures of the bus for documentation. I'm an insurance adjuster, after all. I know how these things go. If my neck starts acting acting up again... But then the craziness just continued. Lightning. I'm not kidding. The bus was struck by lightning. And all I got was a picture of some unsupervised kids. What do you 
we start very similarly. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> good job. Uh, I, I did a, a slightly more leaning towards stream of consciousness thing than you, but we'd like we had a very similar rewrite. So I'll just go ahead and do mine. Um, and I have a voice for this if I can pull it off for this entire thing. Yeah, a New Yorker accent or what? It's a Joyzy accent. Oh. Ah, finally. A chance to get out of this godforsaken city. Haven't had a real vacation in years. Sure, I splurged a bit much on all the fancy new camera gear, and I couldn't afford to fly to Hawaii this year like I wanted, but hey, it's all gonna pay for itself once I get those pictures in Nat Geo, right? Ah. Ah. Those kids look a bit young to be traveling by themselves and all, but, uh... Oh, wait. That's weird. Them three old ladies look like triplets. I'll even dress the same. Ah, well, another day in New York, right? Now, what's what's all that commotion back... Oh my god, those kids are getting attacked by giant pigeons. What the... Ah! What now? Is driver drunk or something? He's gonna kill us all, I swear I... Ugh, ugh, my head. I must have passed out and had uh, some crazy dream of... Oh, oh, nope, guess that was real. Uh, Big pigeons uh, still there? Uh, Yep, sure, they're... Yep, kid is poking him with a three-foot pen. That makes sense. Got it. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, my camera. Uh, Magazine wants pictures of birds, I give him pictures of birds. Birds? I, yeah. would, I must have missed a sentence somewhere. Yeah, it was, uh, so this is like the perspective of what a mortal would see through the mist. Giant like he, pigeons. He sees the three. So you uh, decided that he giant sees pigeons. giant pigeons. Yeah. Instead of the furies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't miss like a sentence that actually said that because... Okay. All right. So there's nothing in the book that says that there were giant Correct. pigeons on the... Correct. Okay. This is, a, this is a mortal interpreting the reality through the mist. He sees giant pigeons. But, but okay. Oh, I, it, no, was, no. it was a... No, no. You can interpret the mist however you want. <laughs> I just don't like being made to feel, and it wasn't your fault. I interpreted what you said as you telling me, that I missed something in the chapter. No, I didn't know. Because that's that's a really big thing to just miss. No big pigeons. Okay. Right. Birds are weird. Yeah. What's <laughs> <laughs> in this podcast? It's already like an hour and a half long. Oh, well, anyway, that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed chapter 10 of The Lightning Thief. And if you want to interact with us between now and the next time we release an episode, which might be one week, might be two weeks, might be three weeks from now, if we forget how to upload a podcast, uh, you can do that at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast. You can also email us your fan art of giant pigeons on a New York bus at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. If you live in New York, you can probably just take a picture of that. Or you could just take pictures. <laughs> Next week, we will be discussing Chapter 11, titled, We Visit the Garden Gnome Emporium. Which Chris has already read. And I have not. Sorry. Prepping Rude. too early. Rude. Uh-huh.
Until next time, keep your pens capped. And uh, if you're going to travel from New York to California, probably take more than 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, but also 17 years ago. <laughs> yep. Bye. Bye. We got restless. Making sure we didn't pass up any anything important there. Um, Say pass one more time. Pass. Pass up anything important there. Okay. Cool. I'll be back. Let's talk about hacky sacking with an apple. He had powerful energy, and I want to talk about that more he in this does. chapter. He does. He's got big camera energy. <laughs> okay, did you at least remember to pick a favorite sentence? Yes. <laughs> no, you did not! I'm talking to the audience, hello? I'm not explaining to you how this, how we do this. The one who manages the Patreon is the one who gets paid. Mm -hmm. I was told that it was paying for our uh, monthly RSS subscription, and that was about all it was doing. That is. It is it's actually paying less than that. Okay. Anyway. Good to know. There are hints there that I'm just like, lend my suspicions to this the uh -huh. theory. That's not yeah, a sentence that works. You lend your suspicions to this theory. <laughs> Here's the pen. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Sorry, let me not yawn when I say that. But. Yeah, but gas is expensive, and this podcast doesn't require gas, so <laughs> we're fine. True. We're since, great. Uh, since we do it from home. We're totally fine. Mm -hmm. We're doing just fine. Takes zero gas to get here. Yep, zero gas to get here. <laughs> we just have to get home from work somehow. Yep. Yep. <laughs>